this is Shannon from SIS the number four teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us for our blog this look week as we look at the Math Night Show 313 and 314. We have another great round of shows for you. For this round of eight shows, as we introduced last week, we'll continue to open each episode with a mystery math mistake for each grade level. Then in third grade this week, we'll begin a run of four shows on number lines, which will be really helpful. Second graders will begin making a super cool connection between fractions and telling time this week. And we're going to keep on going with counting to 10 in kindergarten and then measuring in first grade. First off is kindergarten 313. The I can statement is I can find numbers that make 10 when added to a given number. For episode 313, our students will be doing a mystery math mistake with another story problem. There are 10 fish for sale at the pet store and somebody bought five. How many are left? Our friends Simon and Orlando are going to help Mrs. Gray try to figure out how she can correct the problem. As we look at this concept, we're going to start with this concept as we look at fingers in a picture. One hand has five and the other has one. We ask questions to get the students thinking, how many do you see? How do you see them? How many more will it take to get to 10? Using something like fingers helps students visualize and fingers are so convenient. They're never far away. They're attached to the student's body and the students can use their fingers to count up to 10. Fingers on hands will help students understand how many more they'll need to get to 10 as well. Then we'll look at different combinations of hands and give students practice figuring out the missing parts. For example, if I have eight fingers up, how many are fingers are down to complete the 10? A game called Math Fingers comes next. Students draw a card showing a certain amount using fingers on hands, which they have to create on a 10 frame with one color. With another color, the students have to complete the 10 frame and then write out the number sentence. 10 equals blank plus blank. There's also a sentence stem that I have them complete, which is I have blank, then I need blank to make 10. For the extension activity, the students are going to play make a 10 with a counting buddy, filling in the parts of 10 as we did on the show. Moving on to episode 314, we're going to be doing another mystery math mistake. This was one of the most fun shows for us to create. Watch it and you'll probably see why. The mystery math mistake is another story problem where we have seven marbles on the table and three roll away. How many marbles are left? Simon and Orlando will help Mrs. Gray get the answer straight. The I can statement is I can figure out how many cubes are hidden. Kids in the episode are going camping. We're really set up a scene and explain that when you're going camping, some people might be in the tent and some people might be hanging out by the campfire. In our scenario, 10 people are camping. Some are in the tent and five are by the campfire. So we ask how many are in the tent? On the show, we use a bowl to represent the tent and have a picture of a fire, which is really fun. If we have 10 friends and we know that five are by the fire, how can we figure out the other five that are in the tent? We know that five plus five equals 10. We are really using a comparing tower here with 10 cubes to help students see the missing part. We can put the five friends next to our tower and see how many more we need to get to 10. The concept can be applied using the 10 frame as a tool. If you have a certain number of friends by the tent and a certain amount of friends by the fire, we can also use the 10 frame to help us solve it. Students can then start to do the different number sentences. If they know that four people are by the campfire, then six must be by the tent. 10 equals four plus six. 
We then talk about how making 10 with connecting cubes is the same as making it with a 10 frame. Mrs. Gray shows the two manipulatives side by side so students can see four red and six yellow counters in the 10 frame and then see the combination of how it looks with four snap cubes in one color and six of another. Of course, the students have a fun game called Kids in the Tent where the students are going to see different people that are by the fire and have to figure out how many kids are in the tent. Moving on to first grade in show 313, we're continuing our measurement unit with first grade show. We have a mystery math mistake with a two digit and a two digit from our previous shows talking about the make a 10 strategy. We want them to be able to make a decade number. Students are going to have to find the error of how DC decomposed the number. The I can statement eyes can measure length with tools. To open the show, we have a snap cube tower with different lengths and a pencil. We ask our two engagement questions, as you know, what do you notice and what do you wonder? This gives students an opportunity to use some of the vocabulary and the words that they've learned before to create descriptive statements comparing the three objects. For example, the purple tower is longer than the yellow tower or it looks like the pencil is the same length as the purple tower. As students look at the objects and they're kind of arrive at their vocabulary, it's a great way for kids to really describe. We also ask the students to describe the lengths of the pencil based on the two other comparison objects, so the purple cube tower and the yellow cube tower that are different lengths. Next, we start working on measurement with the lengths of some creepy crawly friends. We have lots of different creepy crawly things like beetles and dragonflies, and we have a line showing the length from endpoint to endpoint. This allows students to see how to measure the length for the different creepy crawler critters. We also talk about lining things up from endpoint to endpoint when you're about to compare. But what happens if something's not lined up? Say the length of the snap cube, and you were to put a pencil next to it, but the endpoint doesn't necessarily match up with the end of the snap cubes. We talk a lot about that in the show. Students have to know as long as you're looking at the unit that you're measuring by, you can see the full units being measured and you can count on you can you can really count on that idea. So the idea is that we're taking the pencil and seeing if it's even one unit fixed cubes in, the kids know where to start that length. But what about paper clips? This measuring tool is a little bit more tricky. We talk about how paper clips should be lined up if you're using them to measure an object, but paper clips move a lot because we don't have to hook them together, but we can talk about it as what's the same and what's different from measuring the paper clip versus the snap cube. Finally, on this show, we have the MathMite notebook where some students have already measured, but we really wanna look with an analytical eye to see if the measurements aren't lining up. There might be spaces or gaps between the paper clips. Sometimes paper clips overlap. The kids are given the opportunity to see if they're able to figure out how to measure the notebook appropriately. Our extension activity gives more practice with measuring tools. For show 314, students are gonna continue with the measurement concept after another mystery math mistake, once again featuring DC. The I can statement is I can measure the same object using different tools. To kick it off, we're gonna do another what do you notice and what do you wonder. This time we have two rows of cubes matched up to a marker, but you have to be careful to look to see that there's centimeter cubes and some are larger snap cubes, so two different sizes. We can see that we have the same length of the object, but there's two different units what we're measuring by. We bring this into the show by talking about three different measurement units, small paper clips, large paper clips, or small and large connecting cubes. 
In our show, we have a shoe that we're measuring and we set up different scenarios which will prompt kids to think about the accuracy about how someone is measuring. Can you mix small cubes and large cubes to measure? That probably isn't very accurate because there isn't using the same unit of measurement. That is really the big idea that we're trying to get across in this particular show. To help kids practice seeing accurate measurements as well as critiquing the reasoning of others, we show different objects being measured in different ways. Kids have to decide if they agree or not with the reasoning. This is also an extension activity that the students will be doing by measuring different units so they can compare how they're measuring one unit based on another. In second grade, as we start episode 313, we're moving away from fractions and starting the knowledge to kind of transition it into time. For the mystery math mistake, Springling needs everyone's help. She's trying to hop on the open number line like we've done in previous shows, but she's really struggling. Our I can statement is I can tell time to the half and quarter hour. We brainstorm with students to see what they already know about clocks and telling time. Of course, most of the students, you can really see that they can measure it with time with minutes and hours. Students will also note there's different time types of clocks, such as circle ones with one through 12 around it, but there's also show, just show numbers. We will look at analog clocks versus digital clocks, helping kids make connections and draw parallels. Students might also point out different words they've learned such as for time, such as half past for 30 minutes past the hour. In this show, we address the common errors that students make, especially with the hour and minute hand by looking at two clocks that are really similar. But we help students see why the clocks actually both don't read four o'clock. For the time four o'clock, we need to be able to see the hands on the hour you're showing and the longer minute hand will need to be on the 12. This is pretty straightforward, but as time goes on and when it's half past four, for example, the hour hand won't be directly on the four, but a bit past in between four and five. This is certainly a more difficult concept for second graders to grasp. We use the Judy clock on the show to help students see how the hands move and help the students see how they can see different times. Then we play a sort game where we organize essential vocabulary such as o'clock, half past, quarter till, quarter past, etc. We'll bring the concepts of fractions in to help students make the connection from the previous show to think about how the clock is divided into fourths. For the extension activity, the kids are going to play time matchup where they're going to be taking a digital clock, matching up the words half past or quarter past, and then showing the time on the actual analog clock. Show 314 opens with a mystery math mistake again with Springling. She's hopping on the open, is she hopping on the open number line correctly? That's what students will have to decide. The I can statement is I can read, tell time, and write time using AM and PM. We will continue the show as the kids relate the numbers around the clock, not just with half past and quarter till and quarter past, but also now in five minute increments. To help with this concept, we bring in what students have learned from the number line, asking them to notice what things are similar between a clock and a number line and what things are different. We also address the idea why the time, as we look at times, we go around the clock, we have two numbers. We have a colon zero five, hour a colon, and then zero zero. 
We talk about showing different ways in the clock and being able to show 415 and why the 15 is equal to the 15 minutes and how we would show something like 1255. Many students think that 155 because the hand is oh so close to the one. This is a giant misconception for second graders, so we want to go slow. We do a good job using the Judy clock to help students see if they can line it up that it maybe doesn't quite match yet. Next is our vocabulary lesson. AM stands for antimeridian, which is before midday or before noon. PM means post-meridian or the after, midday or afternoon. To get students to apply these new words in their own life, we have to match up different activities that they would be doing in daily life in a certain time and decide if it's AM or PM. It's then the students turn to tell time in AM and PM based on the scenarios that we've given them for the extension activity. Episode 313 for third grade begins with a mystery math mistake, but this time we're going to bring in springling, similar to how we did in second grade. Mrs. Askew makes an error somewhere, and Imani and Elise have to figure out where her error is. Our third graders are now moving into fractions. Previously, we talked about unit fractions, but now we're going to look at the idea of non-unit fractions on the number line. Miss Askew shows how to play a game called Number Line Scoot, which is a great game to be able to use in your classroom. It helps students scoot on the number line and understand how they can move faster based on the parts of the fraction. We do a lot of work with number lines with locating labeling fractions such as three-fourths and six-fourths. This really helps students understand the common denominator of force as we plot the two numbers on the number line between zero and two. Students need to understand that when you see the numerator is larger than the denominator, the fraction is going to be larger than one. We do several examples with common denominators such as seven-eighths and twelve-eighths to help students discover where to locate and plot it on the number line. Students also need to be able to create number lines. So we talk about dividing up number lines from zero to one. If I'm dividing it into eighths, I have to have one-eighths, two-eighths, three-eighths, and so on between the units of zero and one. At the end of the number line where it's one, we know it's going to be eight-eighths. If I wanted to, if I wanted my number line to go to two, I would need to continue it with nine-eighths, ten-eighths, eleven-eighths, and so forth. In this episode, we play a game called Guess My Fraction, where we give hints to see if students can figure out which fraction was plotted on the number line. The extension activity is similar to this, with it's called Guess What Fraction is Labeled. The students have to figure out how to label the partitions of the number line to discover what is actually labeled on the number line. As we move into 314 for third grade, the mystery math mistake is with sprinkling again on the open number line. We want to see if kids can critically look at how this problem is solved and find the error. The I can statement is I can work with fractions and whole numbers on a number line. We do a lot, we do something called estimation exploration, which I do believe we maybe ended up cutting on the, on the cutting room floor. Check it out in the deleted scenes on the Math White, Math Mites website, where we talk about how to estimate for fraction is just high, just right, or too, too high. Again, we want to see if kids can apply their number sense while doing this. Then we have a number line that the students are going to locate and label the fractions. It starts at zero and ends at five. Students are now going to see that fractions are larger than whole numbers if they plot them. We start with halves and then we do examples with thirds and fourths. We also talk a lot about fractions and how you can locate the whole numbers. We might know that a whole number is two halves, but do you know what the numbers the number two represents, it's four halves. Three 
is six halves and so on. We want the kids to see the pattern with halves and a whole number for every other fraction. When we look at thirds, every third number is a whole number. For fourths, every fourth number is a whole number. By allowing students to see the connection like this, it's very valuable. To help students apply this concept, we look at different number lines to see if students can locate one based on the fractions they see on the partition number lines. The extension activity is find the fractions. Students have a number line A and a number line B, and the students are going to have to locate where they see the fractions, just like we did on the show. Thanks so much for joining us for our blog recap on shows 313 and 314 from The Math Mites.